everybody, welcome back to the Green Light Podcast. I'm Jackson. I'm Lauren. And what do we do here on this here podcast, Lauren? Well, this is a special monthly episode. It is a uh, special monthly episode. Yeah, so we read on produced plays and screenplays and interview the people who write them. Yeah, it's great to hear that again. Yeah, that's, that's definitely is. a lot more, uh, much more streamlined description than our other one. We haven't quite... Uh, figured that out yet yeah true 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 but yeah we're 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 back to the og green light here today uh reading a script called confidence by marshall gibbs it's very fun we have a couple of our friends on to read with us one you've heard before in austin and another you haven't heard before in yeah Sarah. finally someone from my school on the show is, thank god it's not the first is it yeah i think it is really sheesh Sheesh. Anyway. Anyway. But yeah, it's exciting. It's it's a good read. It's a good interview. So you better get excited for it, please. Please. <laughs> yes. Uh and and you know, as we as you know, we do that. We do our little detour segment at the beginning, which is gonna be shortened from our obviously, you know, our our, our other episodes. Right. But before we get into that, let's do a little bit of uh you know, just a little bit of housekeeping. Let's do it. I'll mop you sweep. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, so please rate us and review us on iTunes, please. Yes, or Apple Podcasts, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, five stars. Uh, please write something that just it just carries more weight than just a rating by itself. Um, you can write whatever you want. You can write what your detour is. You can write a new movie or an old movie that you want us to talk about on our show. Yep. Um, whatever you want. You can tell us if you would green light or red light some of the other stuff we've talked oh, about. Oh, true. Very true. Very. Whatever very, you want to do. Yeah. You can say uh, Lauren's old lady voice that you're going to hear later in this episode is bad. But you would be lying because it's good. But I understand the sentiment and you can say the same thing about me because I have done an old man voice a time or two on this show. (laughs) Uh, Other than that, uh, we have a Patreon that we we post some content to. Uh, Oh, we'll need to do that before we go on. Yeah, yeah. Well, Jackson and I are actually, I'm going to see my family for the first time since Christmas 2019. Yeah, yep. Um, So that's nice. So yeah, we are leaving town soon. So we are going to bank an episode for it. Yeah, so you won't miss us for a week, but uh, we will, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll have a couple ready. But yeah, we're also going to bank our green lit episode on our Patreon. Glug, 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 glug. Yeah, have not decided what that's going to be yet. But you know what? That's another thing you can put it in Apple Podcast Review. What you want our green lit to be. And then subscribe to our, our Patreon, Patreon so you can hear it. That's right. Uh, yeah. So uh, that's that. Uh, <laughs> uh, follow us on social media, even though we've been very bad about uh, posting. TGL underscore pod. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll get back into it. I promise. I swear. Yeah. Uh, um, I think that's it, right? Yeah, I think that's about it. Also, you know, if you want to uh, send us a script of yours to be considered for the show. That's true. You can email that to tglsubmit at gmail.com. Please do. Please do that. Okay. All right. Let's go. Shall oh, we, we also have another show uh, called Who Is That the Mass Singer and D- Dancer Podcast. Yeah. Check uh, that out. You'll, you, it comes out the same time as this does. So if you like us and you want to hear more and you like the Mass Singer, or if you don't and you just want to hear us, listen to that. Okay. Now let's dive. Let's let's dance, shall we? Yeah. Um, Do you want me to go first or you? It's up to you. Alphabetically, you should go first. Okay, then I will go first. Okay. So I am talking about Annihilation. Now, I know that's a movie that came out in 2018, uh, which I have seen, but I actually just recently read the novel, uh, which is, it's the first of a trilogy. The movie's only based on the first one, so I'm yes. all caught up there. Um, yeah, novel came out in 2014. It's by Jeff Vandermeer. 
Um, and the overarching premise is, I guess, the same as the movie. Uh, I'll actually yep. pull up the movie summary for that. Um, a biologist signs up for a dangerous secret expedition into a mysterious zone where the laws of nature don't apply. Yes. Basically, there's a spot called Area X. Um, a border came up. No one really knows what's past there. There's like a rough map. And it's one thing that's interesting is that in the book, the expedition that goes in, they're all women, uh, is a biologist, an anthropologist, a psychologist, and a surveyor, right? But in the... Oh, we'll see. It actually has people as names in the movie. In the movie, it's just like the biologist is still there, but all of the other um, ists are different Mm. for no apparent reason. Like there are so many things in the movie that they changed for no apparent reason. And I truly, I didn't really like the movie. I'll be honest. Mm, Um, I know I watched it with Jackson and his family. And I think the consensus there was that it was like fine. It was fine. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I didn't I don't really know like if it. I understand the ending to this day, but well, here's the fun. thing. I read the book thinking I would maybe get some clarity. <laughs> I didn't. No clarity. It's totally different. No clarity. It's like the world is, I guess, the same, but then in the movie, it's all about like, oh, maybe all of these people are being turned into plants because of some weird light refraction thing. It'd be happening. And like people turn into plants in the book, but it's not because of light. Like it's not really explained at all. It's maybe implied that there's some sort of alien force at play unclear and even like the ending is like the ending at its core is completely different yeah um yeah anyway so that's uh that's annihilation but yeah it's sci-fi it is part of a trilogy and part of me is like maybe i get more answers if i read the rest of the trilogy but i also don't really want to Mm. (laughs) um yeah i don't know but on the upside though the book uh it is in first person which always makes things a little easier to read and it's like 200 pages that's really short that's a for a novel. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think I read it in two sittings. Um, yeah. I mean, those are all the big things. Yeah, sci-fi, some mystery elements, some weird stuff going on. Um, so if you want to, I guess, check it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anything else you got to say about Annihilation? Yeah, I don't think so. I think, I think uh, honestly, I think my biggest complaint with the book is that because it is in first person, right, there are so many times where the author is like, Ah oh, man, it's indescribable. And it just like feels like a lazy way to not <laughs> sure. have to describe things. <laughs> and then they go on to not even try to describe it. Sure. It's like they'll try a little bit, but it's like I it, it almost just feels like an excuse to not like sure. help the reader understand what's going on. No, yeah, I, I definitely hear what you're saying. That does seem like a bit of a cop out. Yeah. Anyway, it also just like I don't know. Like, while I appreciate that all the characters in it are women. I yep. don't know. Something about this man writing a novel from a woman's perspective with four women in it, I don't know, just doesn't sit right with me. I hear you. But, um, Do you think he did, like, a uh, a good job of doing it? Like, I guess. I think, well, I think the fact that it's in first person what was, like, was what felt weird to sure. me. Just that, you know, he was, like, sort of writing specifically from someone's... In the head of a woman. Head, yeah, that he, like, wasn't really... In. I don't know, but yeah, it's it's kind of whatever. It's like, of course, I do appreciate that it's like a bunch of women, and then they, they made a movie and cast a bunch of women. Yeah, totally. So that's good. But like, yeah, I don't know. It was just very fine. It's like I think that I'm honestly not even sure the author has like a super clear idea of what's going on. Interesting. Sure. So, well, because it's uh indescribable. You can't describe it. Oh yeah, indescribable. 
Well, there you go. That's annihilation anyway, for you, folks. That's annihilation. Enjoy Sorry, it. Usually our detours like. are things that are positive, but um, yeah, that's my review. That's okay. Well, I have something that's very positive for me. Yeah. And I'll try not too. to talk too long about it. Lauren's seen a little bit of it. I have seen all of it. I've seen a good bit. I feel like I have a decently clear idea of what's going on. No, for sure. I mean, yeah, definitely. Um, if you if you know. Um, I have been talking about this for a little while. I finished it uh, a, a month or two ago, I guess, at this point. Maybe even longer. But I am finally getting to talk about Shit's Creek on Jackson, we don't show. curse on this show. Well, Lauren, that's the name of the town. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, so, the, the very general plot... When rich video store magnate Johnny Rose and his family suddenly find themselves broke, they are forced to leave their pampered lives to regroup in Shit's Creek. Oh, I didn't realize they had video store money. That's yeah. tough. That's that's that's, <laughs> that's what a it tough was. Look. Yeah. Um. So uh, the 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 reason why they they end up in this place called Shit's Creek is because um they they bought the town at one time as a joke. They literally, because of the name, because the name Shit's Creek, the this rich family was like, ha, huh, wouldn't that be funny if we bought it? And they did. So, essentially, they can live in, like, the town motel rent-free because perks of buying a town, you can do that. I uh, guess. But, obviously, they don't have much money beyond that, so they're kind of uh, scraping to get by. Um, and you, you sort of see them go from, obviously, a pinnacle to very quickly down in the dumps. I mean, it starts off with their house being, like... You know, people taking furniture out of their house and, you know, their stuff being taken, etc., etc. Um, to them sort of building their lives back in this small town of Schitt's Creek. The relationships they develop with the people there, etc., etc. Uh, so and then, this, like, learning how to cope with not having money and yeah. maybe, hopefully, not being jerks to everyone they meet. Exactly. Eventually. Exactly. I'm definitely going to talk about that in a little bit. But first, uh, this is created... By Dan Levy and Eugene Levy, father-son duo. Uh, and it stars Eugene Levy, Dan Levy, uh, Catherine O'Hara, uh, Annie Murphy, Chris Elliott, Emily Hampshire, Jennifer Robertson, Sarah Levy, Karen Robinson, Dustin Milligan, and Noah Reed. Uh, so yeah, obviously father-son duo. From my understanding, I actually also watched the Schitt's Creek documentary. It's like 45 minutes, just sort of on the making of the final season and in general, the making of Schitt's Creek. Uh, it's really cool if, if you watch Schitt's Creek. I think it's a, it's a fun thing. Uh, it sort of started off as Dan Levy's brainchild. He brought it to his dad, who obviously has a lot of writing and acting experience, and Dan Levy had a bit before too, obviously. But he brought it to his dad and was like, hey, help me develop this. And so he did. Uh, and it started off... Um, it's a Canadian TV show because they're Canadian. Uh, so it started off uh, on Canadian TV, made its way to the States, uh, made it, I feel like made it big um, when it came on Netflix, people were able to watch it. And then its final season, I feel like is really when um, everyone started like, oh, this, this show is happening. It's really good. And, and it's really good writing, et cetera, et cetera. And it is. Um, so there are so many things I like about the show. Like I said, I'm going to try not to talk about them too long. Um, I'll say, obviously, the first thing that I want to talk about is the character growth of these people. Because I got to be honest, watching, like, especially the first season, 
I don't know if I really liked these characters. And I don't, no, I don't yeah. think you're necessarily supposed to. Uh, especially just, you know, it's this like, oh, okay, these rich people. And, oh, man, oh, they poor have to, rich people. Yeah, oh. oh, man, what happened to them? Now they don't have money. Wonder what's that what, what that's like, you know? So I, I, I think, you know, you're designed to maybe not necessarily be on their side at the beginning because they're not necessarily good people at the beginning. But I think as as the show goes on, it, it's I feel like it's so subtle too because I don't even I can't even pinpoint an exact moment where I like turn my mind around on these people. But I did, yeah. and I think that's kind of beautiful. It's like they had this like change where they grew over these like you know six seasons and really grew into people that you that you like. They they had to once again learn how to be poor in this town, learn how to you know appreciate other people for who they are, and I yeah. I just really liked it. And I think everyone in the town sort of goes through that too, because at the beginning it's a lot of like four smiles. I yeah. have to be nice to you since you own the town. Yeah. And like as the seasons go on, you see some more meaningful bonds start to form. So that's really nice. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, I realized most of the notes I wrote down are about the documentary. So I might save those. I might do that as a uh as a little Patreon bonus episode, talk about go. some of the things they talked about there. Um, I think, obviously, there's also this idea of home and, like, what does it mean to be home, you know? And, like, obviously having to make a new home in a place that is uh, foreign to you as well as, like, you know, not c- close to the uh, level of living you were used to. Yeah. Uh, I think it's it's interesting and you, and you see them come together as a family and develop relationships with people in the town that is super cool. Um... And I I don't know as someone who comes from kind of a a smallish town, um, I just I just think it was it was cool that it wasn't just like oh all small town people are dumb you know that's it, true the 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 way that they uh the way that they did that was 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 cool I think obviously the writing is brilliant um it's very funny and uh, you'll have a great time watching it um. What else? Well, uh, I think another thing that's cool about it that um, our housemate Will, who also really likes this yes. show, has oh, talked that's about. What I was gonna mention, yeah, oh, you can talk about it. Oh yeah, you you go. You okay. Go. Um, well, basically, you know, in some of like Dan Levy's character is not straight. Um, yes. So especially in the later seasons, he strikes up a relationship with um, a guy named Patrick. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's not too much of a spoiler because as soon as they no, meet, it's, it's like they're gonna be together. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but um. <laughs> You know, but it's it's nice because it's like their whole love story isn't about like, oh man, we have to come out, you know? Yeah. It's not about the struggle of them being gay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's just like a normal love story. And it's a really great love story. It is. There there <laughs> I've some... cried many times and I haven't even watched this whole show. There are some beautiful moments with uh with uh, David and Patrick and it's, 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 I mean, th- th- their relationship is incredible and it's, it's, it's one of those great TV relationships that you just like want them to succeed so badly. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's, it's just, yeah, I, I love the way that they did that. And they, they talk about a lot that a lot about that in the documentary, how it's like you said, it it is just a, it's a relationship between two people as opposed to like, Oh, uh, it's so hard being a gay couple which it is i mean it it is but right. it's, it's also cool to see that it's like okay it's also a normal thing to do no, that. yeah it's like you know and it's also too i appreciate that they didn't make everyone in the small town like oh we're in a homophobic town you know exactly like yeah um i mean i don't want to get too much into it without spoiling things but it's like no one in the town objects to them being together which yeah. is just like granted of course there are some places still where that feels a little bit like an alternate universe but like yeah. At the same time, it's nice to have that 
that representation without it being like a trauma story. Yeah. And I, th- I think one more thing on that, and this is a slight spoiler, but it's only a spoiler for one episode. So whatever. I think a really good representation of that is uh, pa- actually part of Patrick's story is that he hasn't come out to his parents yet. And so obviously he invites his parents to town one day. And, you know, this is while he's dating David and, you know, he's trying to work up the courage, obviously. So essentially David doesn't know that. And he sort of spills the beads to Patrick's parents and they're like, what? And uh, the thing I love about it is the conflict with that is not that his parents disapprove that he's gay. It's that they, they are upset with themselves because they think they didn't provide an environment where Patrick would feel comfortable enough to tell them about it. Yeah. Well, and I, to be fair, I haven't seen that episode, so sorry. I didn't know that was there, but um, yeah, I mean, I I think that that's a nice way to go about it rather than being like, Oh man, you know, like it's like oh, I don't want to see you or your boyfriend ever again. Yeah, it's not even like a question of whether they accept them. It's more like a why didn't he feel like we would accept him? Yeah, or like you know, feeling like they missed out on part of him and his life and relationships. Exactly, exactly. So I I just think that's a a good way that they that they handled that. I I think it was really cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think the the only other thing is uh the character of Ted is essentially me. Um, so if there's <laughs> yeah. ever a Broadway show about Shit's Creek, I, I want to be cast as Ted. Uh, Dustin Mulligan, if you're listening, I love you. We saw, we watched Demonic. What was that horror movie that he was in? <laughs> I think it was Demonic, yeah. We watched your horror movie. Love you. Love you, man. Come on the pod to discuss. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, uh, if you want to see me play Ted, uh, look at my social media. I'm doing self-tape May and I did a self-tape from Shit's Creek as Ted. There you go. Boom. And I was Alexis. And you were. That's not quite the role for me, but I, I see Alexis. myself as more of a uh, Stevie. Uh, yeah, yeah. I said Nikki. I think I was thinking Stevie Nicks. You were. So. <laughs> Probably. Uh, but yeah, th- there's so many more things I could talk about with Shit's Creek, but it's great. It's on Netflix, like I said, all six seasons. Um, definitely watch it. It's just, it's incredible. Yeah. It's a, it's great an amazing show. show. Uh, you, you, will, you will love it, I'm sure. All right. Coming up next... Coming up next, we are reading, like we said, Confidence by Marshall Gibbs. With our two new guests. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Green Light. Green Light. All right. We are reading Confidence by Marshall Gibbs this week. And... We have two special guest actors. Two very special guests. Yeah. First, we have the returning Austin Green. Hi, Austin. Hi. You couldn't get enough of me, so you brought me back. That's, That's <laughs> yeah. That either we couldn't get enough of you, or we couldn't find anyone else. And that's we'll probably let, what it is. We'll and let you, you decide, asked, Austin. Yeah. You, you asked everyone. You literally called, like I exhausted my contact list. Oh, no. but... My deaf grandmother who cannot hear me, I chose <laughs> yeah. over your nasally whiny voice, Austin. We were but just going to cure her, but yeah. No, yeah. thank you for coming back, Austin. We do appreciate it. Uh, yeah. yeah, and we have a new guest we on the show. We do. Uh, we finally Hi. have a catamount on the show. Oh, my God. Well, uh, oh, my. It's Sarah Lucas. Hi, how's it going? Obviously, I'm not as popular as Austin, but... <laughs> It's okay. You can be, Sarah. You can be. I can take it. I can take it. <laughs> well, Sarah, I know this was a this was a, a tough time before, but tell us who you are, what you do. I know you might not have enough time to do everything, but give us a little a little well, taste. I'm Sarah. I'm currently based in LA, like Jackson and Lauren, mm-hmm. and I'm sure Austin as well. Yes. After graduation, moved here to give it our best shot, and currently I'm 
waiting for that best shot to be shot, I guess. Producers, directors, writers, Sarah's here. We're all here. here. Really, Hire all of us, actually. We're a package deal now. Uh, Also, I'll cater your event, too, if you need it. True. I also got that. Many talents. See, if Sarah... If Sarah has just like an orange or a yellow shirt, our shirts on this like can make a rainbow. That's true. So we got. Oh, there you rearrange. go. Oh, she got she got the headband. Boom. Okay, there this go. is. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> we're like the Power Rangers or something. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. All right. Ooh, all I right. guess enough of our Power Ranger discussion. Yeah, uh, so we'll just go through real quick and say who everybody is playing. True. So uh, I am Lauren, as you all hopefully know. Uh, I'm reading Action Lines and also briefly reading for Beverly and Old Woman. Yes, I am Jackson. I'm reading for Richard. Sarah. Oh, oh. We- Austin, you go. <laughs> I didn't know we were. Okay, I, I'm Austin. I'm reading for Rhett and Old Man. I'm Sarah and I'm reading for Bobby. All right, let's jump in. Interior living room day. A cushy room with knickknacks galore. The epitome of grandma's house. A house phone rings. Beverly, early 80s, steps into the room very slowly with help from her walker. She answers. Hello? Grandma? Jeannie, is that you? Yeah, Grandma, it's it's me. I'm in trouble. Oh dear, Jeannie, what happened? Really bad trouble. Oh heavens, where are you? Interior basement simultaneous. Bobby Miller, 20s, punk rock girl, sits in front of a bulky desktop computer. She speaks through a headset. I'm in jail, Grandma. I need help. What do you need, sweetheart? I need bail money. She grins and turns to her friend, Rhett, 20s, scruffy. She gives him a thumbs up. She clicks a button on her keyboard. Montage. Bobby makes her calls throughout the day. I'm a representative of Medicare. Flash 2. Nigerian princess. Flash two. You could really use our product. Another thumbs up to Rhett. Another click. Flash two. Grandma, it's me. Did I say grandma? I meant aunt. Uncle? This time she gives a thumbs down to Rhett. Another click. Flash two. Do you have insurance? Well, you could always use a little more. Thumbs up. Click. Flash two. I'm in the hospital. Flash two. Prison. Flash two. International Space Station. Thumbs down. Click. Flash two. She dances around the basement, then immediately straightens. Thank you for holding. Flash two. I really need your help. A final thumbs up. A final click. Interior basement later. Bobby takes off her headset and stretches. Rhett turns to her. How many calls you make this week? About 1,500. Good shit. Three computers, man. We're moving at the speed of light. She stares at the monitor, getting lost in its glow. Bobby! She looks back up at Rhett. I said, how many winners? Twelve. Nice. What'd you make with that? A few grand. You? Shit week. But it's all good. Oh, yeah? Hit the jackpot last week. I'm still riding that high. Right. She rolls her eyes and packs up her things. Well, I'm clocking out. We're doing that now? Fuck no. (laughs) Good. I don't want any of that corporate shit. Bobby exits up the stairs. Exterior apartment building evening. A rough looking place. Sirens blare and people shout. Interior Bobby's living room continuous. The opposite of cushy. Dirty and uncomfortable to look at. 
The floor is littered with empty beer bottles, dirty clothes, a bong, and a few hundred dollar bills. Bobby sits in an old reclining chair in the glow of a TV playing reality show garbage. She pops open a beer and drinks. A phone rings. She turns to it but doesn't answer. She mutes the TV and takes a big swig of the beer. Her voice speaks out of her voicemail box. You've reached Bobby Miller. If it's important, leave it. If it's not, just leave. Beep! Pick up the phone, Barbara. I don't even know why I'm calling. Interior kitchen simultaneous. It is spotless. Richard Miller, 30s, cooks as he talks. No, I do know. It's respect. I respected her. Intercut. Bobby listens. Grandma passed away. She stares silently at the TV. She takes another swig. The funeral's this weekend. She'd want you there. Personally, I don't really care. Another swig. But there's such a thing as respect. Beep. The message is finished. So is the beer. Bobby laughs. Hard. She throws the bottle on the ground. It shatters. Interior funeral home, day. People grieve silently. Bobby enters, wearing lots of leather, causing some second glances at her. Richard sits in the front row, alone. She sits next to him. What are you wearing? Totally inappropriate. Dude, I'm your sister. Jesus Christ. An old man suddenly shakes Richard's hand. Let him lead the way. So sorry for your loss. Thank you. God bless. The old man exits. Listen, I'm here, okay? Doesn't matter how I'm dressed. Right. She'd be cool with it. Right. Richard glares at her. So sick of- An old woman gives her a hug. It's made me sick too, dear. Sick with grief. I'm so sorry. Thank you. Keep us in your prayers. The old woman exits. You didn't care about her. Yes, I did. We talked on the phone. She'd send checks on my birthday. Yes, she cared about you. But you... Bobby laughs. I know. I know. I don't care about anyone but myself. No. Not even yourself. A priest approaches a podium. The service begins. Exterior cemetery later. A small crowd disperses, leaving just Bobby and Richard. Just us now. Looks that way. The last of the Millers. I'm going over to her house to clean up and take inventory. So? God damn it, it's an olive branch. Bobby laughs. A what? I'm giving you a chance to care. I'll see you at the next funeral. Whichever one of us dies first. He starts to walk away. Wait. I'll do it. Interior Grandma's Kitchen, Day. An ugly, cramped, carpeted kitchen. Dozens of cans of cat food are stacked on the counter. Bobby picks up a can. Where's the cat? Richard enters, carrying a box full of assorted files. She didn't have one. He starts going through the files. It's all she could afford, Bobby. No, no, that's not right. She had money. Remember how she used to take us out to that seafood place? Sullivan's. She let me get the lobster tail, don't you remember? Well, apparently her cash flow has dwindled since you were 12. How bad? See for yourself. Richard hands a bank statement to Bobby. I don't know what to make of it. She was giving to charity. A lot. She looks at it nervously. Charity? Yeah, the United Americans for Relief Foundation. She's got eight separate donations to them. Her eyes widen. She drops the paper. But you know Grandma... Always thinking about everyone else. She walks toward the exit, solemnly. Barbara? She exits. Typical. 
Exterior parking lot later. It is empty except for one car. The horn is blaring. Interior car continuous. Bobby's head is on the horn. She hits the dashboard and lets out a loud, primeval scream. Cut to interior basement day. Bobby takes a deep breath. Grandma? Yeah, it's me. I'm calling because I need... She stares at her computer screen. Insert computer screen. Hundreds of elderly contacts. Names, addresses, credit card numbers, etc. You know, I don't even know what I need. I'm sorry. Enjoy your day. She drags the contacts file to the recycle bin. Deleted. Back to scene. She hangs up. Rhett swivels his chair to her. What? Are you getting soft? No, I just... Why are we doing this? To make bank. I don't think I even care about the money. So what do I care about? Bobby, you're missing the whole picture. We got skills. Skills? For, like, convincing these people? Getting them to trust us. If that's true, then hell, we could be lawyers or something. Yeah, I don't mess with lawyers. But that's what we're doing. Getting these people on our side. We could have a steady job doing this shit. Be helping people. Too much fucking work for this. It's easy money. His phone rings. See? Mrs. Mayberry's already calling me back. He answers. She unplugs the computer. I gotta go. With some struggle, she picks up the bulky computer and starts to exit. Would you mind holding for a moment? Where the hell are you taking that? It needs repairs. She exits. Exterior parking lot later. On one side, Bobby's car. On the other, the computer. It's a standoff. She revs the engine, then speeds toward the computer, running over it. She backs up and runs over it again. It's destroyed. The car exits the lot, leaving just the busted computer. Fade out. everybody welcome back to the green light, green light podcast i'm jackson as you I'm know lauren and here today we have the writer of confidence marshall gibbs marshall how are you doing good how are you we're doing great we're doing, uh, good, we're doing yeah. great uh yeah marshall was telling us actually before uh before we started recording that he just got the uh the first dose of the vaccine so if you haven't gotten the vaccine yet do it. Take take a take a page out of Marshall's book and and go do it. Um. So uh. So first question: Where are you calling us from, Marshall? I'm from Baltimore, Maryland. Oh, gotcha. Nice. Okay. So yeah, East Coast. We had Coast. one other Maryland person once. Um. Yeah, we had one other person from Maryland at one point. But yeah, we're from was, the East Coast too. I was Coast listening too. to that episode. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, very awesome. good. Very good. Well, hey, then, uh, then, then maybe y'all will run into each other at some point and be connected <laughs> by the green light. Um, uh, so I guess, uh, 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 oh, do you want to take this one? Actually, yeah, yeah, I yeah. Step uh, on your toes. Sure. So, I mean, you might know this if you've listened to uh, another episode, but we always like to ask our writers what your writer origin story is. How did you get started? Yeah, well, uh, my family's told me that like ever since I started talking, I've said I wanted to make movies one day. So <laughs> like my earliest memories are directing my grandmother and imaginary scenes and things like that, you know. Oh. So oh. I've I've always wanted to to work in the movies. Um, but in middle school, I started writing like fan films for 
you know, like Doctor Who and stuff. Oh, <laughs> and amazing. so that's, yeah, that's when I started like screenwriting. And, um, but I'm still relatively fresh because uh, Confidence was my uh, script I wrote last year for my intro to screenwriting course. So I'm still like new to the scene. Okay. Oh, congratulations. Well, very man. solid uh, intro to screenwriting script. Yeah. Uh, quick you. sidebar. Uh, who was, who is your favorite doctor? Uh, David Tennant. That's that is the correct choice, sir. Good, <laughs> yes. good, good answer. Good answer. Uh, so I guess now let's uh, let's just dive into the script a little bit. Let's, yeah. let's start asking some questions about that. Uh, so um, give us your inspiration for writing this script. This script about scamming old ladies out of their retirement money. Yeah. Well, um, it started with with the character of Bobby um, because I I really love uh, characters that are trying to do good, but it's just not in their nature to do so. Like Jimmy McGill and Better Call Saul, Eleanor and mm-hmm. The Good Place, uh, mm-hmm. Barry from Barry. So I, I started with the idea for the character and it, it kind of came from there. Awesome. Nice. Yeah, I think that leads into our next question really well. Yeah, actually. well, actually, I wanted to I wanted to mention something. Um, we were so we we're going to be recording the script on Tuesday. You know, we're time traveling, basically, um, <laughs> at the time this is coming out. But um, one of our actors who is going to be playing Bobby um, texted me and was like, oh, my gosh, right after the script, I found out that I guess last week someone called my grandma pretending to be me calling from jail needing bail money, like the exact wow. situation <laughs> at the beginning of this script. Yeah, so so she'll, she'll give a great performance, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. yeah, so talk about your process of creating the character of Bobby, you know, creating this protagonist who starts off doing awful things and then turning them into someone we can root for. Yeah, I mean, the the key is is comedy. Um, the montage at the beginning with her running through the scams, it's very light and I, I wanted to keep it that way. Um, be, that makes her a little more likable, I think. Um, and we can excuse some of her bad behaviors that way. That is literally, I literally had a little side down, note for the question. I did, because I was like, I wanted to mention that because I think that I love that montage. I think it's hilarious. And I, I, I think. <laughs> at least for me and, and I'm sure for you as well because you wrote the character like this um like like that comedy almost makes me like excuse the actions as a way it's like tricking me as a reader because like yep. in a way I'm like laughing with this person you know I'm 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 so it's like they can't all be bad right yeah. they can't be that bad if I'm laughing with them you know <laughs> so so I love I love that um that thing that you did I think it's great yeah I love the line that was like international space station thumbs down <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 and I, I guess too it's like you you see her fail a little bit too yeah in, in that moment which which makes you sympathize for her like she, she's not all just like running through all these grandmas and taking all their money you know <laughs> not, not all of them are wins so I think we could get on her side because of that as well yeah um, and the thing with Bobby is, is she's really not in it for the money either She's in it because she thinks that like this is the only thing she's good at. Cuz you see yeah. like 100 dollar bills laying on her floor like that's not yeah. yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. I think that's a really good point and I think it's something that like is really well revealed by the end cuz like you said you have that those 100 dollar bills and at one point she even says it. She's like I'm not in this for the money. Why why am I doing this, you know? Well, so, yeah. yeah. And I mean there's also that um I think that also comes up in that conversation that she has with Richard, you know, where Bobby's like, oh, you're going to say I don't care about anyone but myself. And he's like, no, you don't even care about yourself. You know, like, I feel like she doesn't feel like she's, you know, worth a legitimate job or things like that. Yeah. 
Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of good old Richard, so obviously they're uh, Richard and Bobby are siblings, but they've ended up in two very different places in their life. So t- talk to me about their sort of uh, their sort of journeys and how they ended up in these two separate places, even though they came from a, a similar place. Yeah, I mean, uh, Richard's the older brother, um, and he set the standard. So she was always trying to live up to um, Richard's standard of, of being the one who makes the grade and is going going places. And then Bobby, not so much. Um, Bobby had her grandmother's support, um, but not really her parents. And I didn't go into their parents in the script, but um, they've long since passed. But growing up, Richard was the the golden child, you know. So, mm-hmm. Gotcha, yeah. Yeah, I guess speaking of uh, Bobby's grandma, so just, uh, I guess, a hypothetical question. If Bobby's grandma continued to live for another 20 years, you know, through the miracles of medicine and technology um, and did not die in the script, do you think Bobby ever has that breakthrough moment or does she continue to, you know, does she continue in her life of debauchery? <laughs> I've not really thought about it, but I, I think it, it took something that substantial to make her change. So I, I don't know. I don't know if she'd ever changed before then. No, I wow. don't know. That'd be I interesting. You'll you'll have to write the alternate timeline where it's like forty <laughs> years, <laughs> to, to, even even further, like forty years down the line. Medicine has advanced so much that her grandma Wait, lives forever. Maybe what changes her mind is that she gets old enough to start getting scam calls. Ooh, and she starts to fall good. for it for a second. She's like, "Wait a minute, this is what I do. <laughs> this is literally what I do for a living." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I guess that 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 would be that would be an interesting thing to explore, sort of how age affects someone in that way. Um, so so in that same vein because we do see sort of uh bobby uh turn over a new leaf if you will uh i i know obviously her one of her big uh things at the beginning of the script was not turning corporate do you think she turns corporate now or or do you think she she still stays away from that corporate life uh she's going to go work at a retirement home that's what's happening oh yeah that's nice yeah that is nice I almost ended it with her turning on her GPS and putting in like a retirement home, <laughs> but I, I thought that was way too on the nose. So I, I yeah, sure, yeah. I, I think I think that's better discussed over a podcast with your new friends uh-huh. uh, than, right. than in the script. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah, I I think that's I think that's cool though. I think it would be also funny to see her at least that first you know period being there not being used to interacting with with grandmas in the same way and just just seeing her deal with that i could almost yeah i could almost see this is like a like a mini series or something i just the, the more i talk about the character of bobby i think the more i like her yeah yeah um so yeah th- those are all the script questions that we have uh, yeah. so now we're gonna ask you some personal questions yeah very deep and personal Marshall. <laughs> i hope you're ready oh, no, no. I'm, I'm i'm totally kidding yeah uh, so first one who is your favorite anti-hero in film and TV? Ooh. Mm, mm, mm. A big question. A very big question. I was looking it up early and I was like, man, there are a lot of good ones, aren't there? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I love uh, the Breaking Bad universe. They have a whole lot of them in there. Um, yeah. Walter White and, and Jimmy McGill, uh, Saul Goodman, he turns into. Um, but yeah, everyone in the, the Breaking Bad universe, they do a great job. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for no, sure, absolutely. I w- when I was looking this up, I was trying to think of one that like was like really hit me as like oh anti hero etc etc. And I landed on BoJack Horseman for myself. Oh I, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I that that show is just so incredible what they were able to do, and I I, I just I, I I love that character a lot. 
Um, yeah. Lauren, do you have someone on the top of your head? Uh, I really don't know. You yeah. know, I know you mentioned tough. Eleanor from The Good Place earlier. She mm-hmm. she does have a lot of anti-hero energy. Well, yeah, it's like she might not be a conventional anti-hero, but she is like sort of an inherently bad person who's just trying really hard to change. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, I don't know. Maybe I'll, I'll placeholder Eleanor from The Good Place. I think that's a good placeholder, Lauren. I think that's a good placeholder. Uh, so, Marshall, sort of stepping back from just this script specifically, uh, what sort of stories do you think you're drawn to as an artist? Um, well, as an artist, I mean, confidence is sort of the outlier in my writing because I usually write a lot of lighthearted uh, comedy, like made-for-TV Disney Channel stuff. Oh, that's <laughs> amazing. That is amazing. Yeah, so I, I just finished... Um, a the first draft of my first feature length um, film this year. And it's, uh, it's a total Disney channel original movie. It's, it's, it's yes. terrible in a, in a great way. Oh, congratulations, um, man. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's most of my writing and then confidence. I, I wanted to buckle down a little bit and tackle a more serious topic, but no, totally. That that's awesome. Yeah. Well, and honestly, you know, I mean, one of our uh, one of our housemates who we have had on the show um wants to, you know, go into children's animation and it's like there is such a place for that, you know. We we love watching Disney Channel original movies. We do. It is one of our favorite pastimes to to <laughs> yeah. watch them. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah, totally. Do you do you think like a, a Disney Channel original movie something something along those veins? Uh, do you think they're best when they're a bit self-aware of what they are? Or do you think they're the best when they're completely earnest in what they're trying to do? <laughs> I, there, I mean, there are positives to both because um, you can get so, yeah, I, I, hmm, I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Self-aware is always good. Yeah. But then you because- get stuff like The Room, you know, sometimes <laughs> where they're so in it that it just becomes a masterpiece of its own and they're that's not true. self-aware at all. Exactly. <laughs> there, there is a beauty to being self-aware and like, you know, sort, sort of uh, drawing attention to, you know, you you know what you are and, and that's okay. But yeah, like you said, sometimes it is like, it's just another type of art, something that is so earnest and, mm-hmm. and it's like, yeah. hmm, should it be this earnest? But it is. And, and, and there's something definitely valuable in that for sure. Yeah. I have an uh, I have an acting teacher that's done a lot of stuff with Hallmark. Um, you know, just like a couple Hallmark movies. She was on a Hallmark series, and she was um she was talking about just you know that world and like how to make that real from an acting perspective because it's just so like you know it's like you're at Disney all the time. Yeah, <laughs> it's just so like wide eyed and like wow the world is such a beautiful place, huh? Yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was just interesting to hear about. Um, do you think you would ever? potentially tackle a uh movie musical it's funny that you mentioned that because that's the other thing i'm working on right now is yes! not a movie musical but a musical for for stage yeah oh, i just did awesome. my first workshop uh like two weeks ago yeah that's oh, congrats, amazing man what's yeah, it about that's so awesome it's about a small town pastor that presents a zombie as a miracle to the town and <laughs> And like the youth group has to make a plan to kill it because the adults aren't doing anything about it. <laughs> I love that. Sounds that sounds hilarious, man. That's awesome. Yeah. What's it called? Do you have a title yet? He has risen. He has risen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. That's amazing. That's, that's outstanding, man. Congratulations. Uh, do you Thank write you. a lot for the stage? Uh, well, no, this is this is my first. Uh, this is the first thing that's been produced that I've written for the stage. Um, but gotcha. Mostly do screenwriting. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Awesome. Yeah. Have you, I, oh. have you ever heard of the musical Zombie Prom? 
I've heard of it. I've not listened to it. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, my, yeah. um, my high school did it, um, you know, back in the day and, um, yeah, it's definitely not the same as your script at all, but it's sort of like this high school kid who's kind of a rebel, you know, his name is Johnny and he spells it without an H. It's like in the fifties. Um, <laughs> and he, I guess, uh, the adults make his girlfriend break up with him, basically. So he kills himself by throwing himself into a nuclear reactor Sheesh. and comes back as a zombie. And then there's, it's almost like a civil rights thing where like the adults won't let him go to prom because he's a zombie. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous, but it's it's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, no, that that's does awesome. Sound fun. And there's not really any other zombie musicals I know of other than that. So Yeah, I mean, I guess there's like Evil Dead the musical, but that's about it. Is there yeah, an Evil Dead yeah. the musical? There is, yeah. Wow, I did not I, I think know that. it was like off-Broadway, maybe. Mm, interesting. But yeah, anyway, we only have one more question for you today. You were very succinct. Yeah. <laughs> um. So now that the pandemic is hopefully winding down and you got your first vaccine shot. Yes, yeah, true. Uh, what is one thing you're excited to be able to do again? Um, go to the theater, participate in community theater um, is, is my greatest love. So to be able to be on stage again. Which, like I said, we had a workshop just two weeks ago, so we're already coming back to it. But yeah, to yeah. be on stage again is my, oh, that's so good. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. I definitely feel that. I, I, I miss being on stage and just like seeing things on stage too. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it, it's something that is, uh, that I, I think it's such a unique experience that uh, I'm, I'm so excited to get back into it too. Yeah. Man, I'm so excited. This is a much smaller thing, but, um, you know, I finally started going back to the gym after I got my second shot. And, um, you know, yesterday, like, I, I like to kind of run a little bit on a treadmill to warm up. And I was like, man, this is going to be so much easier when I don't have to wear a mask to do this anymore. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, that's a very small thing, but I'm excited for that. Yeah, for sure. I think it'll be a lot about appreciating the small things once yeah. we're able to, to fully go back in the world, for sure. Uh, well... Marshall, I think that's all we have for you. Do you ha do you have anything for us? We like to open it up to our guests to, to ask some questions to us if they have anything. Uh, I, I don't think so, um, but thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was great having you on as well. Um, if you would like to get in touch with Marshall about producing this script, reading his other work, um, you can find his email in the description below. Yes, you can. Well, all right, Marshall. Thanks for coming on again, man. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Have a good one. Bye. You, Bye. you too. Bye.